0: Well, good morning, everybody. I I I feel like somebody's been driving my car. Uh, this morning, the rearview mirrors, side mirrors are all kind of off. There were there were a couple people in the office when I was putting on the microphone that I might have to apologize to. I'm like, what in the what? How did, well, who does he think? And he's like, he was preaching for six weeks, Connor. Like, the microphone's going to get adjusted. I, uh... Today's a little different. If you're visiting, this is this is uh, next week. We will resume our study through the Gospel of Matthew. If you guys even remember that we were in a study of the Gospel of Matthew, it's been going on for a few years now. Um, We're gonna spend it's July, so we're gonna spend August and September in the Gospel of Matthew, sort of working towards the end, and then we're gonna take a break. Um, The reason for that is as I was mapping out the end of Matthew. I realized that I was coming into a problem. And that problem was that Matthew is leading into a very detailed look at the crucifixion. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with U.S. uh, custom and culture. There's something that happens in December. And so it seemed a little weird leading into the crucifixion as we were heading into the, the, the advent of Christ and his coming. And so, I, after praying, I'm going to take a little break, and then in January, we're going to start up so that we link the end of Matthew with, with a, a Good Friday and Easter, um, and then, I, it's, a, it's been a long time since I've had to choose a book to preach through, so uh, who knows what we'll do in the, the, the summer, next summer, but I don't think you guys are worried about that at this point. Um, today, we will be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, so if you have your Bibles, please open to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, this is a, a a very exciting day this is a, um, it, it's a blessing uh, that we as a church have been able to participate um, with, with a licensing process like this we This is not normal i i don't think this most people get this opportunity um, a, a young pastor that's growing and being developed to to be given the pulpit for six weeks um, as part of his licensing process, which will lead to his ordination um, uh, for those of you that want to know the the details between that, think of a um, think of a a licensing today it 's sort of like issuing a an interim driver 's license uh, following today Ben will be able to bury people, marry people, do whatever that pastors do um, and 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 we as a church are sort of Saying that he has our endorsement. We recognize that God's been working in his life. And down the road, he will eventually, wherever he lands up, then it could be back here or it could be somewhere else, he will receive his endorsement, or like his endorsement, his ordination, which is more of a a permanent and transferable um, thing. But this is a very uh, special moment for us and our church. I I always want to thank John Johnston, and I don't know if he's here today. I know he's definitely here today. He might already, there he is. Uh, Thank you, John. John has got the master griller, so uh, I know that help is always needed. He hates uh, separating the frozen burgers, so the least we can do is to find a volunteer that can separate the burgers for him, uh, cut the onions, and do that stuff. So we're really grateful for John. Anytime there's a church potluck, he's like, I'll bring in the big grill, and if you haven't seen the grill, you will see it. Um, So thank you, John. With that, let's pray, and we'll look at our passage for today. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. Uh, Lord, I am uh, grateful uh, to have a front row seat and uh, seeing what you have done over the course of the last uh, 10 years, Lord, in this, this congregation's life, uh, this church that was so uh, close to, to death and going under, and to see your spirit move amongst us, uh, to bring life back um, to see people growing and maturing in their faith, uh, to see people's gifts developed and nurtured. And so today, Lord, we come uh, truly reverently before you, Lord, asking that you would guide us. Father, I pray uh, for Ben and and his journey. Lord, I thank you for his heart. Uh, Lord, I pray that as he continues down this path of ministry, Uh, We know that um, the word tells us that you're a lamp to our feet, not a fog light out in front of us. So there's always uncertainty. And I just thank you for his faithfulness and his courage and and his commitment to honoring you in this journey. And so, Lord, today I pray that as we look at uh, the scripture, um, Lord, that you would uh, speak to us through your word as a congregation, that you would speak into uh, Ben's life. And we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself In the affairs of everyday life, so that he he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Father, we ask that you would bless our time now. Lord, help me with my words. Help me uh, with my emotions. Uh, Lord, may you guide us today. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, I think I'm going to start with a more serious. Um, Two days ago, I sort of, I always talk through the the message with my wife. And and, uh, this message, as I talk through the message, I literally was bawling like a baby. Like, I had to excuse myself to say, I got to go get a Kleenex to kind of... And and so I finally made it through talking through with Anna. I look and I'm like, this was a great message. Like, it had me in tears. It had me in laughter. Um, I, 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 so I fear that there'll be some tears coming. I want to make it clear, the tears are not because I'm regretting this whole process. <laughs> like, it's not... It's not like, what have I done tears? This, this is, um, I've known Ben for 10 years and, and he fits the demographic that is the hardest demographic for me. Um, as a Navy SEAL instructor for many years, that there's something about that 18 to 25 year old young man window that I have a very short fuse with. And so I've been able to journey with Ben through a lot of those years and, and, um, he, he, I'm just so proud of him, and, and it, it's such a, a wonderful experience to go through this. Um, I, I do want to say this is a very um, uh, intimidating day for me. It's, it, it's been nice spending the last two weeks, or two weeks, six weeks, sort of uh, sitting through a message, taking notes, critiquing, you know, very exhaustively. I do fear today that Joel and Ben have the stopwatch on me, And they have notes that they're taking, and that they're going to lay into me tomorrow because I've been bad cop for the last six weeks. (laughs) Joel says, "Good idea." Um, I I want to share where we're going. Okay, I'm looking at the clock. This is very different. This this is a message that there's really there's two sermons here, and and one sermon is to us as a congregation. And then the other one is totally at Ben. And, and so it's a weird thing to preach a sermon at just one person. I'm like, okay, where are you sitting at, Ben? I have to know where you are. So, so it's really, it's twofold. Um, the first part I want to look at, what are we doing as a church? Why are we doing this? What's the significance of this? Because it, it it really is a part of us. All of us have had a part in this journey with Ben over the last six weeks. You've heard him preach. You've been a part of um, giving input and feedback and listening to him, uh, examining him as a, as a man, whether he is worthy and qualified, um, that you see sort of um, in this uh, commission as a pastor or elder within the church to go forward. Um, so I want to look at what, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? The second thing is I need to speak to Ben. And so a lot of this just kind of ignore me while I look at Ben and just sort of lay in, not lay into him, but I'm going to talk to him from my heart. And I do fear that that's where I'll get emotional. Um, following this, this opportunity, we as a congregation, I'm going to bring Ben up here. And I'm going to have a time where you all will be able to stand up and speak to Ben uh, from your heart in this sort of commissioning uh, service. This, this is very much, there's there's a lot of similarities to this. Um, as a wedding is like the closest thing I could think of. And in my journey through life, it was a very weird thing one day to make my vows to my wife. And I slipped the ring on. I'm like, well, I guess I'm married now. And so it took a little while for that to kind of settle in. And and as a pastor, when I was licensed as a minister, it's like, I think I'm a pastor now. I I think, you know, I, I, can you do this? I'm like, I think so. I think I'm allowed to marry you. I don't think I'll get in trouble for that. Like I, It's a very weird sort of, feeling um and so that's changing today and so this is significant you know the, the scriptures talk about uh, timothy paul talks about timothy and lay, that they laid we laid our hands on you and so so we want to be able to speak into ben's life um when we do that i have a microphone over here that's connected to the same uh sound as as as, as mine so i'm going to turn this off and then i want us to speak into the microphone so that it can go into the recording so that ben can have that um Following that, I'll give Ben a very brief time to speak. Um, and then what we're going to do is essentially, I'm, we're, I will lay my hands on, we'll have people come forward, and the whole church will basically be connected by laying hands on Ben, and then uh, we will pray for him. And then after that, we can eat and have a great potluck. Okay. So here we are. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And Paul is writing to young Timothy this young T- Timothy who he is like he he's invested his life in he writes second Timothy uh, you know there's four prison epistles but second Timothy's often left off that list because it's a pastoral epistle but but truly if there is one prison epistle that this one is not l- labeled as a prison epistle but this is the most prison prisony if that's a word epistle of all of them because we know that at the time of writing Paul finds himself in a pit in the ground, in the severest conditions, um, in many respects, Second Timothy is Paul writing his last will and testament. He would be executed after this, and he's giving his final marching orders, final commands, final instructions. I'm not supposed to be this emotional this fast. I didn't give myself permission to later. But these are his final... This is his, like, to his young guy, like, listen... This is what you need to survive. This is what Christ has called you to. This isn't a game this isn't just you know I love Charles quindall. he says christ didn 't die on the church on the cross to give you something to do on Sundays for an hour like This is all encompassing this is This is one man who's facing his death talking to his young man that he 's mentored and discipled, and he 's continuing to affirm how important the role he has. And he says, you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This word grace is a, is a, is a critical uh, term that, that so many in the Christian life, like well, I'm not even talking outside of the Christian world, Out, outside of the Christian world, grace is totally misunderstood. With, within the Christian world, grace is, it's, it's so amazing that it's hard for us to understand and apply. It's critical for us to understand what what grace is. You're not only saved by grace, but we live by grace. We walk in grace according to Romans uh, chapter 5, if my memory is correct. And he says, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. For For whatever reason, God has uh, in his plan he 's decided to to sort of unfold the story of redemption of fallen humanity uh, through people who have come to faith in him and in christ it It boggles my mind that he would use sinners who've been saved like we 're still sinners we 're just saved sinners we 're imperfect we 're imperfect, and that he would use us to sort of to go about the Great Commission. And as the church is growing, uh, the, the church will identify that there are faithful individuals, both men and women serving. And, and, and here in the context of, of of the role of elder, he says, identify those men which are faithful. And I can tell you this decision to license Ben, this, this is not a decision that was just sort of made on the fly. This has been a story that's been, for me, has been unfolding for, for a number of years. And then as he went to Moody Bible Institute and continues out there, that we as a church have, have been partnered uh, with him. Um, there was uh, an opportunity at one phase. I, I found you know, iron, uh, the irony, and it was super funny over the last six weeks, is is when he first started about three and a half years ago, there was a financial need. And I, I had some, uh, within our budget, some funds that were set aside for academics. And I, I brought together the leadership team, and I said, you know, I, I would like to 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 help him with this. And I remember as we brainstormed, Joel's like, "Well, how do we know he's going to survive? Like, how do we know he's going to make it? You know, like doing what a good guy does to kind of push back to make sure, like, are we sure this is it?" And so we've see, we've put pressure on Ben. We've watched him as, as a leadership team. We've 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 been there to to help and support and encourage him emotionally through this journey. And so we, as a church, what I see here in this. In this section, it, it, Timothy is told by Paul that when you see faithful men, entrust them, encourage them on their journey. Recognize them. So, so today, nothing, I don't want to say anything special is happening. Like this isn't, I mean, it is special. That, that sounds terrible when I'm talking. I'm talking to myself right now, guys. Um, what we're doing is we're recognizing what we see God already doing in Ben's life, this this gifting, this, this and we're just simply saying, yes, we've been watching you. We've been, we've been pushing and prodding and sort of examining you from every which way. And to the best of my ability, I, I sense that, that God has called uh, young Ben into the ministry as a pastor. And he's done a lot of hard work. He's still doing a lot of hard work. And, and I don't take this lightly. And, and so I see as a church that this is a faithful man who has the ability to teach and to lead others. And so we're <clears throat> continuing him on his journey. Now the verse, um, well, I want to comment here. <clears throat> um, sort of backing up, because it's not just about Ben. <clears throat> if if this is your church and you're a part of this, or even if you're a Christian, like let's just, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you're a Christian, and you don't go to church here, and you go, you're go. you connected somewhere else. The Bible makes it very clear in a number of places, in, in, the, in the epistles, in the New Testament, that when you come to Christ, we receive the Spirit, in that gifts are given to individuals. So according to Peter, I can assure you that you have, if you're a Christian, you have at least one spiritual gift. That God has given you in order... Um, to serve him, to do the work of of the ministry, and so even in this this journey with Ben over the last six weeks, it's been wonderful for me. But but it's been a blessing to see Joel sort of go through the ringer. And at one point, I looked at Ben. I said, "You know, Ben, I would never say this to Joel. Like I can go press hard on you." And Joel looks at me and he says, "What?" Because I'm old. And I'm like, basically, like, I don't like, you know, like you're, I respect you and like you're, you're, you're in a different, but, but Joel's like, but it's good for me to hear this. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a younger man. I like respect you in your walk with the Lord. And so I'm going to be a whole lot gentler with Joel than I am with Ben. And so to watch Joel go through this in the journey, Joel has really, you know, taken on this, 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 this lay role of. Of being the pastor to the seniors, and I, and I haven't connected the pieces of how to sort of somehow formalize that, but Joel very much has submitted himself to this process, and it's been a it's been a a, a, a neat idea in the last couple of weeks that that Daniel and and uh, John, you know, they continue to say, well, we really want to we feel called to go encourage the missionaries that are in Africa. And so then as I've been sort of piecing the the, the pieces together, and, and it may or may not happen right away, it's definitely in the pipeline that they would go to um, Kenya, then link up with one of our missionaries with AIM Air, then fly to Tanzania to, to then connect. Th- that's, that's all about discipleship and growing and stepping out and allowing God to use them. Like, it's not just about taking a trip to Africa. It's about going and encouraging um, them developing in their walk. Um, it, it's for each of us we're not just playing church here like like we come to worship as believers we have given our lives or or if you are a christian you should have given like it's you've given all to him all to him you owe and he'll guide and direct you in your life and so so th- it's it's about all of us as a church i don't i don't want you all just playing church i want you using your gift uh, being put to use as ephesians 2:10 says Um, that you were created for good works before the foundation of the earth, that that God has called you to serve and where you grow and mature is by living out your faith, walking with him faithfully. And then we come to verse three, probably three and four here. Uh, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier, i sure prob- I probably could have picked an easier verse, a gentler verse. Um, this is where the message sort of shifts to Ben. Um, there 's a lot rosier verses about the ministry and about um, the pastoral role. And uh, preaching, you know, seminary and Bible college, it's very easy to paint this rosy picture of, oh, it's just wonderful, you know. <laughs> and uh, and there are wonderful times, but there are also very difficult times. A- and Paul here, this image, he says, suffer hardship with me. It's this image of y- you're in the midst of combat, and in the midst of combat, you're getting a field commission. I know on the bulletin, Melanie had picked something nice. I'm like, no, we're going with... Endure hardship as a good soldier (laughs) because it's about going the distance. Like there's great rewards, but it's not a rosy path. And you have to recognize, um, Ben, the calling. This is people's lives, people's souls are at stake. People going through the ups and downs of life. It's not just about preaching a good sermon. It's about giving your life to those and that includes preaching a sermon but it's it's helping people navigate this very difficult and painful life at times that, that that you will become the spokesman for God in many ways that they'll look to you during tragic tragic things a loved one who's died before them and they don't know what to make make sense of it Academics and training are important. They're, they're totally important aspects of preparing for the ministry, but at the end of the day, it's about people. Um, it's a long race. Um, as I imagine your next 10, 15 years, you're going to have exceptionally things that you're going to be overwhelmed by. You're going to have exceptional trials that you're you're, 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 you're going to very, realize very quickly how incompetent you are in the role, and I'm speaking to myself just as much. Um, it's a long race, which he goes on to in verse 5. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops, um, I, I always um, am amazed when I find a guy who says, "Oh, I want to go be in the ministry," and and uh, it's like, okay, well, it's hard work. Be, being a pastor in many ways was harder. For, it's harder than being a Navy SEAL. Um, you know, somebody, well, no, no, I'm just going to print. An, I'm just going to pretend a, a license off of the internet. I can do. There's free licensing here. There is i 'm like oh, that 's wonderful, awesome, so all my all this would <laughs> I could have just gone online to Google and downloaded a certificate. That, that's that 's not the issue the, 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 the Paul paints this pit he uses combat, he uses farmer uh, we 're in valley center we we know true farming, and especially during this time this was very i have all this tissue here in my pocket so excuse me um, labor intensive this is this is hard hard work if you're looking for a vocation that will give you just a forty hour work week you're going the wrong path um, it, 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 it's it's a life commitment um, your your degrees absolutely mean nothing at the end of the day, and your character and who you are mean everything there's no Bible college, seminary, instructions, requirements in the New Testament. There's actually very little on, on, on even skill and uh, how you do something. Most of the requirements go down to the character of the man and who he is. And I can tell you uh, where a quote that I heard early on is, it takes a lifetime to develop your reputation and an instant to destroy it. And we've all been around where we see enough pastors and people fall in the name of Christ is shamed. So you need to recognize that that you are totally dependent upon him. If you're going to survive over the course of the next 10, 15 years, you're going to see guys quit in the ministry. Um, You're going to see guys drop out of the ministry because it's too hard. You're going to see guys drop out for moral failings in the ministry. I wish I had more to tell you other than what you need is Jesus. Like, you need to walk closely with him. It's the only thing. He's the only one that will help you to go the distance. It's about finishing the race. It's not about starting. Uh, you know, the Olympics are coming. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited. Like, I love, like, I mean, you, I, you think I'm crying now. I, like, sit there. I go to these things, and I start weeping and Anna like always is laughing like why are you why are you crying I'm like do you understand how much like work and energy and all of this stuff and and to this one moment where we just watched the like the the 53 seconds or whatever that Phelps wins the gold medal for the umpteenth time it's it's there's so much there and that really is that that's the Olympic Games the founding of it is what 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 Paul is talking about with Timothy about you compete as an athlete it's not about just this. This is not. It's this is the beginning, uh, and it's a long, long road. Um, in verse seven, there's this obscure verse, which I love. Uh, Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you an understanding in everything. Um, it's not so much that the Lord will give you understanding in everything, but the reality is, is. There is so much that you don't know. There, there are so many things that you don't understand. And the idea is you don't have to know everything. You, you just have, like, the Lord will lead you and He'll, he'll guide you. Um, I remember on my wedding day, my, my father in law uh, officiated the, the, my marriage and he also licensed me. So, the, so a lot of them kind of like merge in my mind. And on my wedding day, what he said is, You have no clue the vows you're making today, you, you haven't a clue. And that's about the only thing I remember that he said to me. Uh, and when I look back to when I was licensed as a pastor, I realized that I had absolutely no clue. Now that I've been here for nine and a half years or nine, nine-ish and some change at Valley Baptist Church, I think back to like, what was the church thinking, calling me? Like, what were they thinking back like, that? I had no Like 10 years later, I have a lot more wisdom and experience and and, and, and with like wisdom, I think. And, and, but back then, what were they, man, they really took a gamble. Like that was like, I I wish I could say, guys, you, I, are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) Uh, Alberto was there, you know, um, um, this is the part I know I'm going to have a difficult time saying. Um, you have no clue what you're getting yourself into. Um, You know, over this time, I've been laying into him, like, hard, hard. And then there was, it was like the second to the last one. You know, it was getting to the point, it's like, this is the last time I can really lay into him. So I'm going to go really hard. And there was a couple things that he didn't, he didn't quite, like, like, I'm such a a practical application guy, The so what? And that's not his strong, but I don't need to tear into him again. But I went into him, like, I'm like, well, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to start asking a bunch of questions. Ben, do you think this passage of Scripture was important? Yes. And I forget all the questions I asked, but I went all this stuff and, like, drilling him. And then he, he kept kind of responding, and Joel's like, ooh, Gunner's on fire today. And I'm like, well, I don't want you to get senioritis. You're towards the end. So I got to, like, but then, at, like, so we worked through it. We made some things. He talked. He explained himself. And it's like, okay, I got it. And then like later today, hey, I'm really sorry if I went hard on you. I went like to Navy Seal instructor mode. Like I'm like, we good, man? He's like, no, 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 it's good. I appreciate it. And and uh, and and somewhere in the conversation, I was like, how old are you again? Because I know I met you when you're like 11 or something. So whenever I meet you, that's the age that you stay forever. And so I'm like, are you like 25, 27, 20, like 25? Like where, what, how? He's like, I'm 21. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, everything I said, I'm criticizing you on life experience that you don't have. But it will come. And, and you'll gain maturity and you'll gain understanding and you'll have different, the depth in which you understand Christ through his his word will mature as you mature. But it was, and and I looked at him, I said, you know, the the reason I can go so hard and I can press so much on you is because the skeleton that you've erected is very strong and is very good. If you were a mess, I could not go hard on you like this. And so don't take it. And he took everything. I was worried before we started because I knew Ben when he was 10 and 11 or whatever. And I thought, oh, man, Ben's like, I'm worried that he's not going to be pliable. I'm worried that he's preaching back at Nazareth, his hometown where his brothers are. And I will say that he has navigated this journey like, like above and beyond what I could ever have expe- like expected or, or have desired from him. Um, but Ben, as it comes with time, like when I look back over the last, when I, I don't even, I had to forget the year, but it's a while ago. Um, like I'm, I'm thankful for the men I've had who have um, been there for me, guys like George Farrington, guys like my father-in-law, John Hilton, who in the ministry, sometimes even making the the right decision, the right decision is often the hardest decision. And you can make the right decision, and it can leave your stomach in knots for months and ends, and you just feel terrible, like it would be easier to allow stuff to slide, but doing the right thing is so, so hard. And over the years, being able to reach out to these men, now George, who's gone to be with the Lord, and my father-in-law and other men who have been there for me that have been in the race for a lot longer, that I can call them and say, I'm struggling with this. This is a decision that I'm looking at. This is the way I'm leading. What do you think about this? And to have their input, I can't even put it into words. And I share this with you, Like I hope that something I've said has made a lasting impact in your life. I, And I want you to know that as long as I'm alive, you can call me and I'll be here for you to help you on your journey. I absolutely mean that. But excuse my tears. It's not because I'm regretting this decision. It's because I'm really thankful for all that God has done in his life and is, and is doing in his life. I was angry. I came prepared with tissue. Anybody got a good joke right now? Okay, let's see. Uh, (laughs) I'm having a hard time seeing my notes. If you guys can find Ezra, I want us to shift over to Ezra. Ezra, if you hit Chronicles, you hit Kings, it's right after Chronicles. Uh, I'm not saying that out of memory. It's because I knew this was coming. Give you guys a difficult book book to find. I'm not going to tell you about the table of contents right now because I want to kind of settle myself. so chronicles then we have Ezra and Chronicles is a long book it's taken forever for me to flip through okay Ezra 710 so Ben there's a couple principles that have helped guide me on my journey that there 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 are things that have stuck with me over the last 10 years About five years ago, maybe four years ago, as I was, as I was called to a death, it came, it came during a season that was brutally hard on me as a pastor. It was probably two years ago. And the phone rang from a person who, they don't call me that often, and so I, I kind of got worried. It seemed unusual that they had called me. And they didn't live in town, and they they were from our church. They'd moved away, and they called me, and they said we had a family member take their life. And um, it was a Sunday night. It was like nine o'clock at night. Sundays are brutal for a pastor. Mondays are even worse. I had just taken a shower, put on my PJs, and I was going to lay down with my wife and like watch something on the computer just to kind of brainless. I literally flipped up the sheets, went, ah, oh, I need this. It's been a long six weeks. See, this call about this person who died over the course of seven weeks, I lost count, but I think it was like the eighth death that I had to deal with. And I kind of remember saying, I, don't wanna, I, don't, I can't take anymore. I don't, I don't want to go to this call. but I knew I had to, like, I, it wasn't like, I mean, this is just me in my head. I'm like, I like, this is like, I just, I don't have it. Just, is there any way out of this? Kind of like you, when you had to preach for the first time, like maybe the rapture will come right now. (laughs) That was a good line. I'm going to hold on to that one. Um, and I got in my car and I started driving to the person's house to meet with the wife of the person who just taken their life. And I remember having this sort of epiphany epiphany, epiphany, you're, you're closer to my mix-up with words now, so I can't, I can't hide them. Um, I remember driving there, and I felt like the Lord, he didn't, I didn't hear a voice, I just, I, I sensed that God was telling me, I had to make you be a pastor so that you would understand what it means to be a Christian, because at the heart of it, I wasn't going to this call because I was a pastor. I got the call because I was a pastor, but the reality, the thing driving me from within is that Christ had died for me. He loved me. He's called me. I've given him my all. And to respond to this person who is my brother and sister in Christ, this is what a this is what a believer does. It wasn't because I was a pastor. And so I had this big, what well, we're doing, there's nothing like, What we do, we come to church because we're Christians. We serve because we're Christians. It just happens that I have the role of a pastor and that you will have the role of a pastor. And so there's a couple verses. So Ezra 7.10, everybody should be there by now. It's sort of a key verse of Ezra. And it says, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord. And Ben, you have set your heart on studying God's word I can't tell you how many weeks that I said, okay, Benny, you've been in seminary Bible college for too long. Like one week, I, I punished him by saying, you're not allowed to read out the Greek text, <laughs> just the English translation. Like, I need you to stay above the weeds. I need you to kind of like, I'm like, before you even open up in any critical commentary, you need to listen to like six sermons on this passage. This was the hard week. But I say that because. I truly believe that you have set um, your heart to study God's word. The next step is critical and to practice it. You could study all day till you're blue in the face, but if it doesn't make a change in your own heart, it's worthless. And if it's not in your own heart and if you're not living by with what you're studying, if God's not wrecking you and your sinful nature as you study and you prepare and you walk with him, then you will not have the capacity then to go on to the next thing, which is, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. So this is what your role is. It, like, you study it, you apply it to your own life, and then from there you teach. Okay, if everybody wants to turn over to Psalm uh, 78, these are another, these are two verses. I'm not going to count how many different applications are in them, but in Psalm psalm seventy eight there 's another verse that has been very meaningful to me over the years and psalm seventy eight verse seventy two dealing with david it said so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart in in all of these things all of this uh, the, the practical um, training that you can do to hone your skill, to hone your public speaking, to hone how you counsel people in the middle of grief, how, like, how every uh, tangible aspect of the, the, the pastoral ministry, all of that s- stuff comes sec- second to your character and the integrity of your heart. And here we see, so he shepherded them, he, he ministered to the people according to the integrity of his heart, and he guided them with skilled hands. And so these are the two things, integrity of heart and skill of hand, that over the years, you've never attained it. I mean, you see me every time that I'm critiquing you on your sermon, I say, this is what I do to myself every single Monday, that I'm critiquing myself because I don't ever want to be content. I haven't attained. So guard your integrity, improve your skill, and continue to grow. Um, if you'll turn with me, we're getting towards the very last part. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I want to talk through this, and then you guys will have the opportunity. Ben, you can start making your way up to the front seat over here. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we read this. Uh, this is another pastoral epistle. This 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 one was a general epistle that that Paul was writing to Timothy to sort of uh, really a, a document that he wrote inspired by the by the spirit um, to, to help the church understand wh- how does it what how does the church function see see this isn 't just a business our how we operate this is our governing document right here and so in chapter three verse one, what it says is it is a trustworthy statement that if any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work that he desires to do. So, so Ben is up here. Ben has gone through this. Like, Ben, do you want to be a pastor? Is that your intent? So, so do you want to be an elder? Yes. He, he, this whole process started many years ago when Ben says, I feel like God's calling me this direction. And then he's journeyed over the last few years. And so it's a good thing and so the scripture tells us that if you have young men, like if there are young men that desire to go this direction, that's good. We should encourage it. We should help them on their journey. Then we get into some requirements. An overseer then must be above reproach. Um, th- this means that this is the integrity of heart, that, what, that if we were to open your life and look behind the scenes, what you're doing when you're not around, like when nobody else is around, it, it-, it should be fine that you're above reproach. It goes on to say that uh, the husband of one wife. Now, Ben is not married. This is not a disqualifying thing. It literally means a one-woman man. Like, literally, that's the Greek, right? Oh, good. (laughs) I've been telling him he can't use Greek for the last six weeks in the the pulpit. But it's literally a one-woman man. So if you don't have a woman, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're disqualified. It just means that you can't have, like, 17 wives or two wives. And I don't even see the good idea in that anyhow, but that's... um, (laughs) But, 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 as you get married, your wife is important. your family is critical this This is an area that goes it 's a qualifying feature within the pastor 's life and yet it 's it's, it's an aspect that many churches neglect to allow their their pastors to take care of and i 'm so thankful for this body that they let me be a family guy and to love my family and to make to carve out time for them. Um, and that my family's not viewed as like oh the pastor's wife it's like that's just Anna, a part of our church and 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 so let's continue here before I get uh, got to move along um, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, which means even keeled, not hot tempered, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money, he must be a he must be one who manages his household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? You heard my comments already about the importance of the pastor's family. Um, that is who you're a pastor to, first and foremost of all, when that time comes. And as that time comes, I will lecture you more then. Um, That's reserving that for later. You guys all heard that, that I can lecture him later on. that. (laughs) Um, And not a new convert that he will not be conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside of the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Okay, so Ben, will you come up here, please? Is it working? It's just, it should be the same as mine. Is, is it coming? I can't tell. Is it it's working? It's working? It's on? Okay. I, I told Don and Christina that they could have first rights of saying something. Do you guys want to say something or not? Okay, they do. <laughs> They're not even aggressively back here.
1: <laughs> well, Ben, you've uh, come to an important milestone in your life, and your mom and dad are very proud of you. There's a picture I'd like to uh, show. Gunner, you said that um, you are the the age that a kid, you know person is when you meet them is their age. For it. Well, that's Ben. Sorry, Stephen. Um, that angelic face. Um, I'm not going to lie. He was a difficult child. <laughs> he um, if there was trouble in the boys' room, more likely than not, Ben was at the center of it. And I think his brothers will back me up on that. Um, but Ben, uh, I'd like to quote, uh, completely out of context, Matthew 3.17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I, I, I really am pleased and proud of you. Um, through those difficult years, I could see characteristics in you. You were stubborn. You were strong-willed. You had a very strong sense of justice and fairness. Uh, You would not back down. God has brought you to his kingdom for a time like this, when our churches are facing potentially uh, intrusion from the government, saying you can't preach the gospel. God needs men who are willing to stand up and say, I must obey God rather than men. God will use your stubbornness, and your sense of justice and fairness, and your strong-willedness to build up His kingdom. Your mom and I are very proud of you, and I I wish you greatest success in your vocation.
2: Thank you Look out, ben. <laughs> ben. I just feel like you're such a result of your wonderful family, and I know you would agree with that how art, however honoring you were. Uh, I just remember that when you came to the house you and Daniel to help me decorate for Christmas, you had no idea I was a Santa collector. <laughs> And Santa greeted you at the door with his song and body moving around. But God was always at our house at Christmas. I just happened to like Santa. And then I asked you to come and help me measure my art frames. And you didn't know how much I wanted to just bust out laughing, watching you two sit on the floor trying to figure out what to do with those long legs. But you got it all measured and, and in, all in order, and it is not all in order now. So I still appreciate what you did. I envy the people, Ben, that you are going to bring to the Lord. I really do wish that that uh, I could be there to see all of that happen because you're that type of minister. Your family, every time I'm around, whisper. They don't never they never speak up so that I can hear them and I was worried that you wouldn't be able to do that. But you did a great job. And uh I love you, Bob loves you. You, you just I wish you all the luck in the world, hon.
3: I don't really have very much to say other than, I I, I have my uh, my whole family, a lot of my family as have been ministers. My husband's family, especially even like my brother-in-law Steve here, he's a minister too, and uh, my husband was so that way, and so was my father-in-law, and I I just
4: so grateful that. Ben is passing on the
5: legacy I'm grateful sorry
3: this is a great church and I think you're um, pretty well we're all blessed to be in this church and I just want to expound on what Gunnar said about family um, born and raised a Catholic, I still consider myself a Catholic, and I'm grateful that y'all allow me in the door. Um, I don't jump from a sinking ship, you know. Um, I love the Pope; I think he's a great guy. My little plug for the day. Um, but you know, we're all God's children. Um, my sister used to say, you know, you know, it's hard being a preacher and having a family. So being Catholic, we'd have the priests, and, you know, when you would get married, you know, how could a priest minister to you when they're not married, and they don't know about family life? So what Gunner said, just keep that in mind, you know. You know, God first, family second, and then congregation. I don't know if I put that in the proper context. Oh, well. Oh, okay, but... But if, if I did that wrong, you can fix it because, okay. But just from experience, remember family.
6: I met Ben probably six, seven, eight years ago. And um, we met at a VBS uh, we were both playing on uh, the band, and him and I hit it off. We were really good friends, um, spent a week together. Um, and he's been a huge part in my, my faith coming alive. I grew up as a, in a Christian home, but um, Ben had a gift of just connecting and connecting me I started coming to this church maybe four or five years ago, probably about four 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 and a half years ago, and um, his whole family um, welcomed me in to this church. Um, I didn't really know anyone else here, and I just felt a huge amount of love from his whole family. And um, what I wanted to say was Ben invited me to a, uh, a Bible study at the same time. Um, I started coming here with uh, Dan Kitter, and even though he was kind of working his way on his way out going to Moody, um, I was kind of working my way into the church and being involved, and he really inspired me um, just by a small act of inviting me to come to a Bible study. I've never been to a Bible study before that, and um, through that process, my faith came alive going to study the Bible with um, people my age. And uh, and coming to this church, going through the Bible, just God started coming alive um, in my in my life. And I just wanted to say that um, you've made a huge impact just by a small act. And to see where you've come from now, or from where you were just a, you know a couple of years ago to where you are now, uh, preaching. The gospel here has been a huge inspiration for me and um, I definitely feel called to the ministry as well and I just wanted to say that I think you are a huge part of that and I wanted to thank you for the work that you're doing and um, just say that I love you and I ask the Lord's blessing on your, on your life and, the, um, and in all that is to come and the work that you're going to do for the church.
0: to give Joel and uh, the, or you guys can have the. Oh yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No no no. Do I have to stand up? Pretty
7: sure.
4: Or, or can I sit? Okay. Um, okay. Well, I've known Ben for quite a while too um, through homeschooling, and um, I organized the homeschool graduation that he participated in, and uh, I always have them turn in what they're going to speak ahead of time because a lot of people will ramble on if they don't know what they're going to say, and I hope I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But um, as we were going through the process of preparing, he was excited to be a part of it. We were excited to have him there, and um, he turned in his pictures, and no baby pictures. And on Facebook, he had posted this picture, and I had thought it was going to be in there, and I was like, Ben, you need to put that in. Everybody's going to love it. And sure enough, everybody was so excited to see it. He turned in his speech, and... um, it was very short and didn't have a lot to say. And I said, are, are you sure this is what you're going to say? Um, and he had not seen, I don't think, some of the others. But some people I'm worried about when they get up, what they're going to say. Um, when Ben got up, I saw in him um, that he wanted something different. And I just kind of nodded. I don't know if he saw me. But some people, I'm like, no, keep <laughs> with what? And I was like, yes. And he went, and his heart spoke out just Amazingly, and I was very grateful that he did what he did in changing. And um, I had no worries over what we were going to hear here in church. I knew he was being tutored and all that, but I just had seen him before and I've seen him grow greatly. I'm grateful to have been here to see this starting here. So thank you.
8: I've been sitting here (coughs) thinking about what it means to be a pastor. What it means to be a pastor is to be on the receiving end of a lot of sad, a lot of joyous, a lot of important breakthroughs in people's lives. But it also means that you're going to have those challenges for yourself that you're going to have to deal with. And I think about Gunnar, you know, and I go, wow, uh, where's the pastor go when he's challenged to, am I even doing any?" or am I able to communicate what God wants me to do? Right here, brother, right here. And I'll tell you, in the couple of messages that I had the opportunity to prepare, the more I was here, the more secure I became, even knowing all my sins, but his grace. And I'll tell you, you have an opportunity with Gunnar at God's grace that he'll always be there, and all your church family will be there, even in those times when you're struggling. So, but remember, you have everything you need, and you're a great young man. And I'm glad I got a chance to get to know you better.
2: This is from Alberto. Uh, Romans 10, verses 13. 13 through 15. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things.
9: Well, brother, man, it is uh, a privilege just to be here and um, and just um, tell you, my brother, that you are a very young man, but praise the Lord, because Timothy was a real young man as well. And as I say after one of your second... The second time that you preach here, and you were saying that you feel like intimidated because there is a lot of of us, a lot of old people here, (laughs) and you are so young. And I just tell you, don't let no one underestimate your youth. And this is all I have to say to you, my brother, and keep those feet beautiful for the Lord.
0: he has been sitting for a, an exceptionally long time, and I know there's a barbecue. Oh, somebody wants to sit. one Okay, you want to come up? You want to come up? She said you're a minister, so you have to be ready to preach, pray, or die at any time, I think is the saying. So, so uh, I'll let you come close
7: to, so that we can wrap up. So. Um, praise the Lord. Um, I have um, read a lot of biographies, um, and there's some very young men who've gone out, and God's used them very early. So that's okay. Um, now, the end of the story, you'd be happy to know uh, some of the last words of, of men of God. One said, well, this is important to me because I w- in my late 30s and 40s especially, I was surrounded by pulpit-pounding Baptists who um, uh, seemed like loudness was the pattern. And this Baptist said at the end, if I had it all to do over again, I would have had a more compassionate ministry. And then I'd ran across something from Moody just in the last two months. At the end of his life, he said, if I had it all to do over again, I would have spent all my time with children. And then my last word is um, preach Christ. And when I say that, I mean an example from Matthew 15, verses 21, the story of the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus used three words in that sequence to get her to fall on her knees and worship him and to have an answer ready. Her heart was already feeling its need, right? But when he said, I have been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, He was going a totally different direction than the Jews. And when he said, it's not right to throw the loaf on the floor, not just bread, it was the, the Greek word, loaf. Then he said to the puppies, the little dogs, whereupon she said, yes, Lord, you're right. Any crumb from you is good enough for what my need. Any crumb. Preach Christ. He'll, he'll always win the heart. Amen. All right, so, Jonathan, do you want to come up?
0: To, is he? Okay. The parents are nodding, and it's okay, so maybe you can run it back to Stephen. <laughs>
10: so i 've known Ben for about eight years, and uh i met him at v b s and awana and i 've had the privilege to serve with him and uh play music together and um, we share a lot of things in common uh same interests and all that and um it's been awesome to know you as long as i have and i um, would like to keep that going for long time and it's been um, awesome to see you grow um, serving with you it's been awesome to see your heart and um, I see a lot of that in myself too Um, and it's kind of weird because I've always considered us equals and then like now you're becoming a pastor so it's like kind of weird because now you're in a position of authority and it's like okay Um, but yeah I'm Really um, grateful for your friendship. And um, I just pray that God will bless your ministry, bless you. And um, I know that you're going to do a lot of good things.
5: Then I'm... I'm glad that you're my brother. I love you. I I don't have a lot to say. Um, I'm incredibly thankful to all of you for giving me this opportunity to come back and preach. And like Gunnar said, that's not an opportunity a lot of guys have, especially not a lot of guys my age. And something I've really appreciated, I've, grown a lot in the past six weeks i've learned a lot gunner has been instrumental in that process and it's also been really cool to be back here to be with my family for six weeks it's been a long time since i've spent this much time at home and so it's been really really enjoyable to be with them and grow with them and learn with them so thank you all and you know from the book of titus the things the things that we learned in the book of titus the two big things The gospel informs our lives on salvation, how we are saved, and in sanctification, the way we live our lives as Christians. And so I want to encourage you all, and I thank you all for the encouragement you've given me. I will do my part in bringing the gospel, preaching the gospel, and I encourage you to do your part in letting the gospel impact your lives. If you're not saved, be saved by the power of the gospel. If you are saved, allow the gospel to change your life and build you up and make you more like Christ. Thank you.
0: All right. So at this point, I want to. The the. I'm mean, actually if, if Donna and Christina could come up, I want them to kind of get before everybody else so they can be close to this. Um, like Joel and Rick and the leaders of the church, you know who you are. So it, it, I just kind of Alberto and Rick, and whoever else. Like, and then I want everybody to sort of make their way up here, and we're gonna lay our hands on him, and we're gonna we're gonna officially. Uh, he's been Pastor Rick. Uh, ben for the last six weeks, the uh, pastor with an asterisk. And so now he's going to formally, After we pray for him. Uh, so everybody can stand up and come down. So we can all, like if you can't make it all the way to Ben, we can, no, no, get out of the rows. Come on, don't be shy. Come on down here. We will all, if, if you can't reach him, just put your shoulder so that we'll all have our hands connected to Ben. Uh, you, Judy, don't be shy. Oh, you know, come on. So there we go. Everybody can kind of connect. And once everybody gets down here, uh, we, we all are... Um, you know confirming affirming what we have seen uh, over in ben's life for 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 a number of years now and especially over this last six weeks um so everybody come on you guys are all being shy you can put your hand on somebody's shoulder it's not um even if they're a stranger it's not it's okay (laughs) all right so let's let's bow and pray um father i do thank you and praise you lord first first and foremost um Lord, that you are a God uh, that loves us. Father, we thank you that you sent your only son, Christ, uh, to live the perfect life for us. Lord, that he would go to the cross, that he would sacrifice all for our sins. Father, we thank you that it's by grace that we're saved. Father, we thank you that you did everything that we couldn't do. We thank you, Lord, that in faith, Lord, we have relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, um, that you use us, Lord, to be your ambassadors. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given. Father, I thank you for Ben and his life. Father, I thank you for the evident hand that's been in his life leading him uh, towards the pastoral ministry. I believe he's been called And Father, I pray that as we license him here today as a pastor, Lord, that your spirit would be upon him, that you would give him strength, give him encouragement, give him rest over the years. Father, I pray that you would uh, keep his path holy, uh, help him with the integrity of his heart. May he not fall into temptation. Give him the strength that he needs to run the race of this marathon in life. Uh, Father, I pray that he would always draw his strength from you. Lord, we know um, that the best of men are just men. And so, Lord, that we bring nothing to the table. Ben brings nothing to the table. It's only by your spirit, and by your guiding, that he can be used of you. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we pray that you would keep him safe over the years, Lord, on this journey. Lord, may he glorify your name Uh, through the integrity of his heart, his life, his uh, calling, Lord. And we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. Amen.